Chapter Eighteen of The Rose and the Ring. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. The Rose and the Ring by William Makepeace Thackeray. Chapter Eighteen. How they all journeyed back to the capital the fairy blaisdick by whose means this young king and queen had certainly won their respected crowns back will come not unfrequently to pay them a little visit as they were riding in their triumphal progress toward giglio's capital change her wand into a pony and travel by their majesty's side giving them the very best advice i am not sure that king giglio did not think the fairy and her advice rather a bore fancying that it was his own velour and merits which had put him on his throne and conquered padella and in fine i fear he rather gave himself airs towards his best friend and patroness she exhorted him to deal justly by his subjects to draw mildly on the taxes never to break his promise when he had once given it and in all respects to be a good king a good king my dear fairy cries rosalba of course he will break his promise can you fancy my giglio would ever do anything so improper so unlike him no never and she looked fondly towards giglio whom she thought a pattern of perfection why is fairy blackstick always advising me and telling me how to manage my government and warning me to keep my word does she suppose that i am not a man of sense and a man of honour asks giglio testily methinks she rather presumes upon her position hush dear giglio says rosalba you know blackstick has been very kind to us and we must not offend her but the fairy was not listening to giglio's testy observations she had fallen back and was trotting on her pony now by master bulbo's side who rode a donkey and made himself generally beloved in the army by his cheerfulness kindness and good humour to everybody he was eager to see his darling angelica he thought there never was such a charming being blackstick did not tell him it was the possession of the magic rose that made angelica so lovely in his eyes she brought him the very best accounts of his little wife whose misfortunes and humiliations had indeed very greatly improved her and you see she could whisk off on her wand a hundred miles in a minute and be back in no time and so carry polite messages from bulbo to angelica and from angelica to bulbo and comfort that young man upon his journey when the royal party arrived at the last stage before you reach blombodinga who should be in waiting in her carriage there with her lady of honour by her side but the princess angelica she rushed into her husband's arms scarcely stopping to make a passing curtsey to the king and queen she had no eyes but for bulbo who appeared perfectly lovely to her on account of the fairy ring which he wore while she herself wearing the magic rose in her bonnet seemed entirely beautiful to the enraptured bulbo a splendid luncheon was served to the royal party of which the archbishop the chancellor duke hedzoff countess gruffanuff and all our friends partook the fairy blackstick being seated on the left of king giglio with bulbo and angelica beside her 
you could hear the joy bells ringing in the capital and the guns which the citizens were firing off in honour of their majesties what can have induced that hideous old gruffanuff to dress herself up in such an absurd way did you ask her to be your bridesmaid my dear says giglio to rosalba what a figure of fun gruffy is gruffy was seated opposite their majesties between the archbishop and the lord chancellor and a figure of fun she certainly was for she was dressed in a low white silk dress with lace over a wreath of white roses on her wig a splendid lace veil and her yellow old neck was covered with diamonds she ogled the king with such a manner that his majesty burst out laughing eleven o'clock cried giglio as the great cathedral bell of blombadinga tolled that hour gentlemen and ladies we must be starting archbishop you must be at church i think before twelve we must be at church before twelve sighs out gruffanuff in a languishing voice hiding her old face behind her fan and then i shall be the happiest man in my dominions cries giglio with an elegant bow to the blushing rosalba oh my giglio oh my dear majesty exclaims gruffanuff and can it be that this happy moment at length has arrived of course it has arrived says the king and that i am about to become the enraptured bride of my adored giglio continues gruffanuff lend me a smelling bottle somebody i certainly shall faint with joy you my bride roars out giglio you marry my prince cried poor little rosalba pooh nonsense the woman's mad exclaims the king and all the courtiers exhibited by their countenances and expressions marks of surprise or ridicule or incredulity or wonder i should like to know who else is going to be married if i am not shrieks out gruffanuff i should like to know if king giglio is a gentleman and if there is such a thing as justice in paphlagonia lord chancellor my lord archbishop will your lordship sit by and see a poor fond confiding tender creature put upon has not prince giglio promised to marry his barbara is not this giglio's signature does not this paper declare that he is mine and only mine and she handed to his grace the archbishop the document which the prince signed that evening when she wore the magic ring and giglio drank so much champagne and the old archbishop taking out his eyeglasses read this is to give notice that i giglio only son of savio king of paphlagonia hereby promised to marry the charming barbara griselda countess gruffanuff and widow of the late jenkins gruffanuff esquire hm says the archbishop the document is certainly a a document Phew, says the lord chancellor the signature is not in his majesty's handwriting indeed since his studies at bosforo giglio had made an immense improvement in calligraphy is it your handwriting giglio cries the fairy blackstick with an awful severity of countenance ye yes poor giglio gasps out i had quite forgotten the confounded paper she can't mean to hold me by it you old wretch what will you take to let me off help the queen someone her majesty has fainted chop her head off exclaimed the impetuous smother the old witch heads off the ardent smith and pitch her into the river the faithful jones but gruffanuff 
flung her arms round the archbishop's neck and bellowed out justice justice my lord chancellor so loudly that her piercing shrieks caused everybody to pause as for rosalba she was borne away lifeless by her ladies and you may imagine the look of agony which giglio cast towards that lovely being as his hope his joy his darling his all-in-all was thus removed and in her place the horrid old gruffanuff rushed up to his side and once more shrieked out justice justice won't you take that sum of money which glumboso hid says giglio two hundred and eighteen thousand millions or thereabouts it's a handsome sum i will have that and you too says gruffanuff let us throw the crown jewels into the bargain gasped out giglio i will wear them by my giglio's side says gruffanuff will half three quarters five sixths nineteen twentieths of my kingdoms do countess asked the trembling monarch what were all europe to me without you my giglio cries gruff kissing his hand i won't i can't i shan't i'll resign the crown first shouts giglio tearing away his hand but gruff clung to it i have a competency my love she says and with thee and a cottage thy barbara will be happy giglio was half mad with rage by this time i will not marry her says he oh fairy fairy give me counsel and as he spoke he looked wildly around at the severe face of the fairy blackstick why is fairy blackstick always advising me and warning me to keep my word does she suppose that i am not a man of honour said the fairy quoting giglio's own haughty words he quailed under the brightness of her eyes he felt that there was no escape for him from that awful inquisition well archbishop said he in a dreadful voice that made his grace start since this fairy has led me to the height of happiness but to dash me down into the depths of despair since i am to lose rosalba let me at least keep my honour get up countess and let us be married i can keep my word but i can die afterwards oh dear giglio cries gruffanuff skipping up i knew i knew i could trust thee i knew that my prince was the soul of honour jump into your carriages ladies and gentlemen and let us go to the church at once and as for dying dear giglio no no thou wilt forget that significant little chambermaid of a queen thou wilt live to be consoled by thy barbara she wishes to be a queen and not a queen dowager my gracious lord and hanging upon poor giglio's arm and leering and grinning in his face in the most disgusting manner this old wretch tripped off in her white satin shoes and jumped into the very carriage which had been got ready to convey giglio and rosalba to church the cannons roared again the bells pealed triple bob majors the people came out flinging flowers upon the path of the royal bride and bridegroom and gruff looked out of the gilt coach window and bowed and grinned to them Phew, the horrid old wretch End of chapter eighteen